broadcasting from across the North American continent of the Terran Empire, bringing you our unpopular Star Trek opinions since 2020. This is Code 47. We are back again. This is Heinz 57 uh, <laughs> episode of the Code 47 uh, podcast over on the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network i am charlie carden uh your trek lord of western michigan captain of the uss grand petoskey in the starfleet international fan club and i am joined by my esteemed colleague guest who has made it to the third round of the squid game here uh this would be paul moderman uh who has been just a great sport about uh all things you know embracing kind of the new and different so paul how is your day going uh, my my day is going great, and and Charlie, my 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 climb up Mount DS Nine and Mount Voyager is also growing great as well. You you're you're Sherpaing me like a like a wee babe in a Sherpa pack. I don't know what they do with that. Is is that what they do? Like a like a pack? <laughs> Maybe they do. Know. I don't know. It's, it's but. A but uh, but you're but it but it's going it's going great and um I look forward to making camp further up the mountain this time. Yes, indeed, and we passed the halfway mark. Paul is with me yeah. for four weeks. This is week three, uh, and so what we have what we have decided to do, and that was Paul's suggestion, is that we have uh star uh, we have Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Star Trek Voyager, two of the Star Trek series that Paul uh, let me know that he was not as familiar with. So he says right. he says give me a give me a two for one. He says give me two. Great episodes. Give me an episode that's got awful and let me kind of run the emotional gamut between the two. So we decided to do that. And it's just it's just not hard at all to pick some gems and it's not hard at all uh, to pick some stinkers. So anyway, (laughs) um, you know, we're foregoing the news this week because I just I love the segment so much. I want to dedicate as much time as possible to it. So we're just going to jump right in. So uh, this is uh, this is we're back to Voyager this week. And uh, what we've done, we've engaged with the the moral dilemma uh, that is, you know, we've moved through season four. We've watched uh, Seven of Nine develop as a character. Uh, we've gone all the way through season five. We've watched a lot of different things happen with the cast. And now we have reached the end of season five with Equinox, uh, part one, and then part two, which kicks off season six. So if I may be so bold... Uh, Paul, I will read uh, the synopsis to part one. Do it. I'll, le- I'll let you give your thoughts, and then when it's appropriate, we'll launch into part two, and we'll kind of take it from there, and then we will, uh, completing the good, we will go into the not-so-good. Into so, Stinkerland, yes. Into Stinkerland, yes. Do that. <laughs> we're not, we're, you know, we're going to keep that part a little apart. We're not gonna, <laughs> part that, and the part that spreads apart, isn't that naughty, but isn't that OPP? <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> That's not good. Okay. Part one uh, of Equinox. Vo- uh, Voyager finds another Federation starship, the USS Equinox, stranded in the Delta Quadrant. But they also find out that the Equinox is harboring a dark secret. Oh, October's a great uh, time. A dark, dark secret. secret. I love it. So, yeah, this was the first, uh, first band of Starfleet Tears that we have uh, encountered in person. In the Voyager show now, in, in Voyager, the, yeah, yeah, in the middle of season four, there was um, a contact was established between Voyager uh, and the Alpha Quadrant via uh, a little adventure that the Doctor went on. He was able to be transmitted back. He made contact. 
you know, oh, uh, okay. the Federation was able to find out that Voyager was still alive. Mm. Uh, and then they, it was a long time before regular contact was then able to be maintained. So this was, this was the, this was first contact of a way. Uh, and we had, uh, you know, we had an interesting cast. We had that, you know, our captain was, uh, Rudy Ransom was his name, who was, uh, John Savage, the deer hunter. Who I actually met at uh, Wizard World in Chicago in 20, oh, really? 2010. Yeah, seems like a very cool mouse guy. And uh, Maxwell Burke is his first officer, who was played by the character actor Titus Welliver, who you see in that, absolutely everything. That guy's all over the place, and he's great. I loved him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, with with me teeing it up, uh, it is the Paul Show. This is all about your impressions and your thoughts. Uh, yeah, and so go for it. So this this is this so the the choice you made here for the the good ones I really love these ones Charlie um, and so I I just went through and I made notes and stuff so first thing I noticed I thought it was great was um, somehow it falls to seven of nine to be the comforting presence to some to some dude who's been like shot or whatever crushed, crushed under under like ship parts and, and that, she's and- like um please be aware that you're life signs are fine. Uh, you know, she's got this, like she's not comforting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's funny that actor is, um, uh, actor Rick worthy, who is a, uh, Detroit, Michigan native. Uh, he's mm. from Southfield, Michigan, but he was also a uh, Cylon model. Number five, Simon, the doctor in Bell. Oh, really? Same dude. Yeah. Well, well how about that? <laughs> how about that? He's a Cylon <laughs> too. So he shouldn't have had to really worry about getting out of that Jeffrey's tube at all. Cause he would have just responded. It would have been just fine. Yeah. Um, so what I also realized, I didn't think about this before, but was like, so Voyager is in Delta Quadrant for years and years. Um, mm-hmm. Janeway as captain must be handing out like field promotions and enlisting random people all over the place. Is that happening or what's, what's the deal? The only promotions that went down on the ship is that, you know, in the very first episode, which I don't know if out of curiosity went back and watched it. I like the season, the series premiere. Uh-huh. I like, I like it. It's not perfect, but what happens uh, in that, and I probably explained this somewhat, some, somewhat incompletely in the first time we did Voyager is that, um, you know, the Maquis is the, the rebel Alliance of yeah. the, the Starfleet set. Uh, one of their ships is in this, this weird space called, the Badlands, they escape their enemies, which is the Cardassians, which of course you saw plenty of in DS9. Yep. Yep. And this this weird anomaly is sweeping through and it sucks their ship into the Delta Quadrant. Well, Voyager goes to investigate. They also get sucked in. Both ships get stuck together, but in order to survive the attack of this alien race, the Maquis ship has to be sacrificed. So the Maquis crew, which is, pro- I think, somewhere between 25 and 40 crewmen of the already 100 and 40 something people that are already on Voyager, or maybe it's a little bit oh, less sure. than that, um, have to become one crew. So, uh, Chicote, for example, is a uh, he was a Starfield officer who resigned, he had the rank of lieutenant commander, so he is restored to that rank. And other, right. other um, Maquis individuals are you know, get officers ranked like Bolana Torres becomes chief engineer, and other yeah. uh, and, uh, and other ones of them are just kind of you know, Mo's and Joe's, so they're crewmen or whatever it is. So the, and and Tom Paris at that time, who was uh, he was a uh, he was a disgraced Starfleet officer who was stripped of rank. He was in prison. Came yeah. back. Janeway restored his rank. He became a lieutenant again. Right. And then the only real promotion that happens in the time in between, and it was 
at no, it was is that Tuvok gets a promotion from lieutenant to lieutenant commander. Literally okay. the only promotion that happens at all. Oh, okay. So then okay, so let me ask you this. So two two things with that then. Um before Chakotay is made number one, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does does Janeway have a first officer that yeah, Chakotay ranks then when it, he comes on? It, in that first episode, when the, the Enterprise gets swept into the Delta Quadrant by yeah. this caretaker's way, which I know I just I explained last time, yeah. there were all explosions and shit. First officer gets killed. Oh, okay. Uh, con officer gets killed. Chief okay. medical officer gets killed, which is why you okay. have the holographic doctor. It's why Tom Paris becomes the helm officer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, exactly. So those three key jobs so, okay. get killed. Plus, oh, the, uh, the chief engineer dies, which is why Bolana gets that job. Um, so, so, yeah. so people so, die off and that's why people get different positions. So what about when they get back? Like, cause I, I, I mean, they don't go Voyager as a series doesn't go into much beyond, Hey, we're back. That's great. Right. But, um, like Harry Kim, surely he deserves a promotion that soon is, after they get back. Right. That is the ongoing joke. That's like Harry Kim is the only person who. Has the same, well, it's not true because other people, you know, are pretty much stay at the same rank, but he stays at the lowest rank yeah. in the entire series. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there is, and again, with Star, Star Trek is a little different than Star Wars because in Star yeah. Wars, particularly post Disney in 2012, um, there's the Lucasfilm continuity group, books, right. comics, blah, video games, movies, TV, all ha- are this kind of organic globule. In yeah. Star Trek, with the exception of literally two things, and they're both actually related to Voyager. Okay. Literally, the only thing that is canon is what is on screen. Oh, uh, okay. okay. So that being said, I'll say two things about it. The two canonical sources uh, that were written by Jerry Taylor, who co-created the series, were the backstory of Catherine Janeway, which is an audio book. Mm-hmm. I read that back in the 90s, and I just listened to the audio book recently, which was a bridge, so it was like half of it. Oh, sure. uh, and then it was the backstory of the rest of the crew, which again oh, sure. was abridged. And, you know, so, but you got a little tidbit of this is what Tom Paris did. This is what Harry Kim did, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, but my point in bringing all of this up is, is that, you know, in 2001, when the series went off the air, uh, and uh, a writer named Christian Bayer, who has now gone on to be a staff writer on Star Trek Discovery, wrote an entire great like eleven book series over the next fifteen years of what happened with Voyager after the series ended. Okay, okay. And to, to address your point, immediately afterwards, Harry Kim got a promotion to lieutenant. Bolana right. and Tom both became lieutenant commander, and right. Chico- Chicote becomes the captain of Voyager, so he gets that promotion. And Tom becomes his first officer eventually. So, uh, sure, yeah, okay. those things all do happen. But again, those things are not canonical. Uh, a big part of that entire series was dispelled by the fact that on Star Trek Picard, which we got last year, Seven of Nine is a character with di- with a different backstory than what you saw in these books. Oh, so sure, it, it's proof yeah. that. The- the books are a uh, to employ a Marvel aphorism. It's a different. It's a different dimension in the multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. The, so actually, another question popped in my head as I was doing this because I don't. I don't think this was answered, or if it was, I missed it in like TNG or whatever. Is is the Borg's home? Borg. Borg. The Borg. The 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 Borg 
apostrophe s is just, the borg's just, home it, it's just borg like deer no, no, no borg. i'm saying possessive is the borg's home yes borg apostrophe s home is their home the delta quadrant is that their origin their origin is this big massive unbroken middle part of the delta quadrant let's see if i can if i can refer you up to my oh i have the wrong map Okay, here you go. You can't really see it. Let me see if I can adjust it. So, yeah, ah, the light's catching it. But oh. <laughs> if if this is the Delta Quadrant, yeah, this middle portion is all Borg space. Okay, so that's kind of where the Borg sprouted up, so to speak. As right, and because okay. and because space is so massive, they've spent untold numbers of centuries just putzing around these various systems yeah. and assimilating them and doing different stuff, and. Because they never really knew about, and again, I'm pointing to this, which you can't let me try to. So they're, and again, the light's catching it. Damn it. I just, <laughs> I just, I really love this piece of art I have behind yeah. me. But no, I mean, you know, the Federation is here um, because of Q in TNG. He tossed yeah. them, you know, he like, tossed them like yeah. 7,000 light years away, system J25. There was a Borg cube there, which it actually says right here. And then, so the Borg got a taste of it. And so they just continued on marching on the federation uh, yeah. but the federation kept obviously pushing them back which is why the federation has never been assimilated but yeah right. th that middle part there that's borg space and there was a portion it was right after what you and i had talked about last time which was the, the scorpion two-parter right after that when kess when kess left with her burgeoning powers or whatever she used yeah. her she used her telekinetic mystical abilities to push voyager beyond borg space a distance of 10 years of their trip they got closer to home oh nice but it okay. was during that arm of it that they you know they couldn't get through borg they they never would have made it yeah so yeah so yeah there's this big unbroken weird winding chunk of the delta quadrant that is just all borg all borg okay. all the time yeah all borg all, borg all the time <laughs> right um okay so Here's a here's something I, I I love Janeway as a captain. I'm I'm coming to love Janeway as a captain more and more as as we do this Voyager stuff. And what I one thing I loved it popped out in this episode was that you know they they take on the the crew of the Equinox when they when they come across them, right? Um, and Janeway knows that there is the possibility of having to determine who is really in charge. And right. so she goes and reads the Starfleet field manual rules or whatever, right? I the know. night before. And she's so like, slick. she's like, well, actually, technically, if it comes down to it, I'm the captain and you're not well, QED, says, right? Yeah, she quotes a regulation, which, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a super fan, but I couldn't remember the night really. That, uh, you know, in the situation where there are two vessels involved, uh, Command will fall to the vessel with tactical superiority. Yeah, which, which would be Voyager. Clearly, Voyager Equ in this case. Yeah, Equinox is a rinky-dink science ship. So yeah, they yeah. got they got they got Jack Diddley. <clears throat> the other thing I, I I realized too. So they they start they start talking about how the you know this is the, related to this is more or less the Federation's first contact or humans' first contact with these little squirmy flying floaty guys, right? <laughs> I forget yeah. the name, whatever we want to call their race. I, I, <laughs> I think they get in it. You know, it's from the planet that they go to, which, you know, I, I, I won't lie to you. I've seen this, these episodes so many of dozens of times that I, I, I don't necessarily, I haven't necessarily watched them before we jump into them because right. my, 
and again, I could just I feel bad, so I'll click on this name. But it's like I kind of know the name of it. But anyway, you continue, and yeah, then I'll, yeah. I'll jump. I'll jump the, back in with that factoid. Okay. So the, the the thought that occurred to me when I was thinking about okay, this is their first contact with these these floating Slimer guys is um ah is yeah, it's the Ankari. The Ankari. Okay. The Ankari nucleogenic life forms. Nucleogenic life forms. Who, who, whose carcasses can power warp drives. Right. So, Wonderful. Um, Good stuff. <laughs> how unfortunate for them. <laughs> um, th- I, what, I really, what I thought about was, oh my gosh, given how many races there are in the Federation, of course, and then just in the races that people encounter as they go traveling about, like there was a big deal about the Vulcan human first contact back in 2063, right? right that was right, a huge exactly. deal, right? Oh, but yeah. n- these days or these days in, in those days, I suppose first contact must happen all the time. Right. What, Picard what? and other Bizard have like, this was first contact with them. And this was first contact with them. And like, like you, especially you, Janeway is having first well, contacts all over the place. Right. Well, I mean, you could go from planet to planet in the one system and every Every planet is a first contact, or, yeah. or there could be several species on one planet that's first. Yeah, contact. I, I just so was like, it's sort of a, you know, if you're putting, a, if you look at, you know, my my X-wing helmet here, and you're putting hash hash marks on the side, you'd have a lot of ha- you'd have a lot of yeah. hash marks. It's like it's like a matrix multiplication, right? Of like right. every species in the Federation has a first contact with every species that they encounter, right? And the same with whatever. So it's like. It's, it's like a, a, a huge number of first contacts just happening all over the place. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, right? Um, I, uh, I, did, I, did, I did catch on pretty quick uh, that it was really bad. I was like, holy shit, they have to murder the creatures to power up their warp drive. That is terrible. <laughs> um, I love that Janeway said, let's try to make first contact the right way, which... I like I'm I'm glad for that, although it kind of doesn't count because sorry, first contact already happened and it was really shitty. <laughs> so <laughs> like I get it, but also too bad. <laughs> it kinda um, it kinda sucks to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you're gonna be like, hey guys, we're like Starfleet too, but <laughs> like you know, it's not really the same. Those thing guys are jerks we're the cool right. ones seriously yeah. you know let's 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 smoke a bowl let's let's have some whiskey yeah. uh we'll have some taquitos yeah. i mean you know yeah I, whatever it is it's got to be the um the i was confused at first but then they explained it later how the doctor could be beamed aboard another ship Right, I was like, "Isn't he a hologram?" But then he had the little transmitter emitter. Yeah, and that's yeah. something. That's something I guess we missed. There was an episode in season three, so this was actually even the last episode that we watched. I, it was around, but I, I don't know that there was a time that he really employed it. But they were they they got stuck. Uh, they got stuck uh, back in the in the nineteen nineties, which is awesome. Great right. episode. Great episode called Futures End, which the the guest stars were Ed Bagley Jr. and Sarah Silverman. I kid. You. Oh, really. Oh, really? yeah, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, but what happened was that Ed Bagley Jr.'s character had taken possession of some 29th century technology that had crashed into the past. Uh-huh. And amongst that was a mobile holographic emitter, which the doctor's program was downloaded into. Ah, uh, okay. So he okay. then, then once he has it clipped to his shoulder, he can go anywhere. He can go anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that helps. Thank you. Um, I also did. I also did um, note too that 
it, because partially in the first episode, but also carrying through the second episode, you have you have a copy, uh, a second copy of the Doctor. Right. The yeah. Ebonics, yeah. Right? So it's a di- yeah, it's a different yeah, ship, and it's a different ship, different different, di- different right. Doctor. Different but the, 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 the thing I noted was that, like, <clears throat> on that ship, the guy just like turns the toggle off for the morality part of the doctor. Right. Right. He's yeah, just they, like, you they, will no longer be moral. Right. And he just yeah, turns it off. They fixed his little red wagon. They're like, Oh yeah. Here's, yeah. We can just make you a total unscrupulous dick. So, yeah. 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 So what I realized too, is that like that, that makes the doctor very, I mean, in lots of ways, but very similar to data, right? Because data, data gets monkeyed with every now and again. Right. Right. And, and you, all of a sudden you have like, it makes the doctor and data like that makes them uniquely valuable, but also uniquely threatening. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, because take somebody like data, his, his personal and mental and physical capabilities are far beyond a human. And if data gets like sort of yanked the wrong way, he can go nuts and kill everybody and do everything. Right. right. And like sort of similar is the doctor, right? The doctor isn't superhuman strength wise like data, but he's got more, he like he's, he's, he's got more capabilities than a human mentally speaking, right? He's, he's connected right. to a computer and all that kind of stuff. Right. So right. the data and the doctor share this like high value, high risk, Right. Like combination in them, right. you know, um, and that was the, so that was what I took out of the first episode. There was okay. up to that. Gotcha. So cool. so now I'm on to so, part yeah. two. So yeah, the first episode ends. There's obviously you know the Equinox crew has pulled a flimflam on Voyager, yeah, and they have stolen their like generator thingy that's going to protect them from the uh, the. Oh my god! I was going to say the anamorphic life forms. I've already forgotten what they were supposed to be called. The damn Ankari lizard nucleogenic life forms. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're into part two, Captain yeah. Jane. So it's funny. It's funny, and this seems to happen in more than one season premiere. Like Janeway just kind of goes nuts. She goes nuts. She does something out of character, but in the yeah. end of it, Chakotay kind of talks her off the ledge, and she's normal again. Yeah. But, that, that, that's what happens here. So Captain Janeway takes her quest for revenge against Captain Ransom to extremes when she orders the use of photon torpedoes against the Equinox, tractors a neutral ship, nearly kills an Equinox crewman that is uh, poor uh, Detroit native Rick Worthy yet again yeah, yeah. Uh, dur- during an interrogation and relieves Chakotay of duty when he questions her actions. So she's just, she's all over the place. She's, she's- like... She's Power like, you know what? And yeah. She's like, this dude, he fucked with me. He was, <laughs> he was, he was, he gave the big middle finger to Starfleet. And uh, I'm gonna bust his nuts. He's done. He's it was it was a very it was a very Sopranos episode of Star Trek. Yeah. And even before the Sopranos. No, actually, this was right around the same time as the Sopranos. It was literally the same time the Sopranos came out. This episode came right, out. Right, right, right. Yeah. So so that, that I'm glad you I'm glad we I'm glad that was the intro and that was what we talked about there for this episode. Because for this episode especially, that thread is what I latched onto was the Chakotay Janeway relationship, right? Because because like at least in at least in what you have sherped me through in both these two and then the previous good ones that we looked at, Chakotay kind of has his moral center. Right. Mm-hmm. And Janeway gets kind of angry and like shuts him down a little bit. And, and in this case, Janeway, at least to me, is kind of in the wrong, at least, you know, like Chakotay is like, 
I mean, we got the, we, we, this is like, this is basically, this is a, this is a torture debate, right? Yeah. In right. this episode, right? Um, and Chakotay's like, we're better than that. And Janeway's like, trust me, we'll be fine. I can go further. Right. I got this. And, and, and then, right. yeah, it's scary. And then it, she has, um, Janeway has a moment that immediately pinged my head with um, Picard in first contact mm-hmm. because she goes, I'm going to hunt him down. The captain guy, no right. matter what it takes. And right. immediately, of course I'm transported to, you know, like the moment here this far, no further. Right. Yeah. Right. And exactly. We'll make them pay for what they've done. You know, that, that, like that moment in first contact was like, boom, right here too. Right. That, that, that Moby Dick, Ahab, white whale kind of thing is present right there too, you know? Totally. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I loved, I love that. Like, so again, just like the other time is like Star Trek, even if it's not sort of spoken aloud, it's, it's, it's putting, putting little history or, or literature in its backpack to, to go and tell the story it needs to tell. Right. And I, I love that stuff. Um, the Chakotay gets relieved of duty, of course. Uh, and then Janeway makes the promise that she will deliver the Equinox to the aliens too. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, that's pretty intense. A big, that's intense. Yeah. That's a big, uh, um, that's quite a hill to die on. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, you're kind of selling out your own people. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was, I was like, oof, does that, I was, in, in that moment, I was like, does, does she really, does, like, because I know things change as the episode goes on a little bit, but like, it, like, was that her intention? Like, was she really going to follow through with that promise? And if so, if she was going to follow through on that promise, w- like, wouldn't it be sort of your duty as a, as like the rest of your crew to like throw her in the brig? Cause she just, she just essentially, or she 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 said she was making a plan to essentially betray Starfleet by saying, you know, hey, hey, this other race, go take them out. Like you can have them, right? That's 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 sort of got relationship to saying, uh, yeah, they're Starfleet, but fuck them, you take them, right? Yeah, that's a, I mean that kind that's of. A, kind of flipped me out like yeah we're the only humans here we're, we're all part of starfleet we're part of the but you know you broke the rule so it's like you're dead and it was again it was very sopranos you're dead to yeah, me yeah. he's you know uncle junior yeah. is dead to me my mother is dead to me <laughs> he, she went very tony soprano right it was like whoa yeah. it was intense it was intense and so I, I i i'm glad that they ramped up the janeway chakotay thing like i said for this episode um another thing i caught on to a little bit here too was kind of toward the end. The doctor is talking with shoot. I forgot what character was, but he, but the doctor mentions that maybe, maybe himself and whoever this other character is can work to alter the doctor's program to, to, to improve something. I forget what it was. Probably probably well, the, the two main characters that you bump it. Well, there was, there's really four characters on the Equinox that you bumped to. There was captain, Ransom. Right. Uh, there was uh, uh, Titus Welliver's character, who was Maxwell Burke. Uh, there mm. was ens- the ensign Marla Gilmore, the woman, uh, and right. then there was the the African American fella. Yeah, the uh, the crewman, yeah. crewman Noah Lessing. So okay. It, okay. It was it was probably it was probably either either one of the first two. 
there so okay so the the thing that tripped my mind when i when in that little moment or in that scene was there was at least the implication and maybe this is different or maybe this doesn't how it works but the implication was oh can the doctor alter his own program like can the can the doctor switch parts of himself on or off and or change parts of his own program on his own, I don't know. Yeah, that that like it was a hint of that. I don't think, I don't think they did it in this episode. But at least some of the way he worded it left it ambiguous to think maybe he could. So I just was that was just a moment of like, oh, what's this, right? But the thing, the the thing, the thing that I loved, the the perfect. This was the perfect bookend to the whole thing for me because earlier in this two part series, they Janeway and. I forget the guy's name, the captain of the Equinox. They Ransom. find Ransom, Ransom, thank you. Yeah. They find the Equinox's little plaque. Right. In the rubble of the Equinox, right? Right, right. And, and they're like, let's, and she's like, let's put that back up. It'll be great, yep. right? Before, yep, 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 yep. before she knows that he's a piece of shit, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but then, so then at the very end, Chakotay and Genway have sort of made up, and then there's a battle and stuff, and stuff gets wrecked and all this kind of stuff. Right, right. And they come across Voyager's plaque. Which has been knocked off the wall, right where it right, goes. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And um, and and Janeway says this thing's never fallen down before, and Chakotay says, "Let's put it back where it belongs." And to me, that was like that was such a great that was such a great bookend to the whole thing, especially for all the different themes that are running throughout it. Right. Right. Because, yeah. because you could say, you could yeah. say, okay, that's referring of course to the plaque itself. Right. But you could also say that that refers to Janeway's relationship with Chakotay. Right. It needs to be put back the way it was. Right. Yeah. Because it belongs. They face, and it's kind of funny because you, you contrast it to, uh, you know, Scorpion in season one to season two, three over again, they, 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 uh, they came to clash, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, and again, ultimately Janeway and Chakotay in this, this post novel series, they become a couple, they get married, whatever it is, but it's like oh. a husband, husband, you're married. I'm married. You know how it is. Yeah. You come to odds, you, you figure it out. And then you, you know, you ostensibly, you come back together. Yeah. And that, that's what it was in Scorpion. It was, you know, uh, it was, you know, this is the tale of Scorpion. You can't trust the, uh, you can't trust the Borg to not be Borg. Yeah. And then, you know, she, she ultimately does trust me. That's what saves the day. Yeah. And so, but then you come to this as well and they're very loggerheads and then they, but again, they have to just like, just like a real married couple, they have to talk it out at the end yeah. and, they yeah. and they say, you yeah. know, they, they compromise. I yep. was wrong. You were wrong. I love you. I love you. But without yeah. that part in this part, yeah. but they are a true, um, you know, just by the nature of the show, because it's not so it's not so rank and file the way TNG was or DS9 right. as far as, well, this is Starfleet. And we have regulations and everything. Yeah. Is, everything is going to be in this. The, in some ways, even though they, they work really hard at it and, you know, Captain Ransom and his crew are the worst example of it. Uh, it's very much the wild, wild west. Yeah. You know, they they want to follow the rules, but sometimes the rules can't materialize so they gotta they gotta they, improvise a little bit but then they gotta they gotta bring it back to you know like as a genuine chicote i love you no i love you i don't yeah. want to fight anymore i don't want to because they you know they're in love that's what both of these two episodes i think kind of really demonstrate yeah and and voyager has no voyager has no higher authority to appeal to right right like 
technically right. speaking, Picard could like call up Admiral Pressman, right, right, and be like, "Admiral, something's going wrong. What would you say, sir?" Right, whatever. Well, they, but like, they, Voyager, they like, they're they alone. Yeah, they don't have no orders. They could be like, "Well, you know, I'm going to contact Starfleet and get further instructions." Nope, you're not contacting. You're not contacting anybody about anything. You are just you got to do. You just got to do it. What you think is right, and in some ways, you know, you're going to do it. Maybe you'll record it in your log, and maybe somebody someday somebody will read it. Maybe somebody somebody won't. But yeah, in the moment, you're just going to have to do what you think is okay. And yeah. the only consequences are going to be what comes out of the situation, not what some dumbass admiral has to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So Charlie, my question to you is as, as my guide, as my Sherpa, what, mm. what is it about these two episodes that, that makes you lay them at my feet for my learning, so to speak? I would simply say, I would kind of divide it into two camps. A, you have the classic, I don't want to say Star Trek trope because it, it casts a certain negativity on it, but you have the, right, dichot- right. the dichotomy of, you know, what's more important doing the right thing for the big picture or for what, what we were ostensibly trained to believe that we respect all life, right. uh, you know, all life is sacred or you know what? All life is sacred unless we're stranded 70,000 light years from home and we're yeah. dying because we don't have food, water, shelter, and our ship is yeah. about to blow up. You know what yeah. I mean? So you're right. What happens when the the uncorruptible Starfleet becomes corrupted? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, you start out with a crew of, of 80 people. I mean, the, the Equinox is a rinky-dink little ship. Uh, and he, he goes through to describe it. He says, yeah, in the first week, I lost half of my crew. And then we... We dicked around and uh, we managed to find a wormhole, which got us to the point where we're at now. But other than that, our ship was falling apart. We didn't have power for food. We were all just dying. And then we we found our salvation and accidentally discovering that by killing this creature, we could power our ship. Yeah. So rather than just die, we decided to say fuck it to our principles so that we could live. Where Janeway looks at that and says, and again, it's uh, it's funny because this was somewhat reflective in an episode of Battlestar Galactica that I recently rewatched. I'm kind of sherping my best friend Miranda through watching Battlestar Galactica for the first yeah. time. And we recently came upon the, the television movie, which was uh, Razor, if you're familiar with the series. <clears throat> and it was the in-between series where you saw Lee take command of the Pegasus and, 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 and they had to have this debate where, you know, oh, you know, they, they butchered innocent civilians. And, and even Adama, the Admiral himself says, well, you know, as I read her logs, I can't really find anything wrong with what she did because you know what? I had, I didn't have to make the choices that she made. I didn't have right. to figure out that, well, if I didn't take parts from these civilian sheep ships and leave these people stranded, that we would have died and we couldn't have gone on, Right? you know, blah, blah, blah. So selfish yet somewhat purposeful yeah 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 it's kind of it's kind of where the equinox lands. so that's the first part of it i know that was kind of a long way around to get back to my point (laughs) yeah but again something else i touched upon is that it continues to grow what i find to be the most interesting relationship in the series which is janeway and chakotay because yeah they they start uh completely at odds i mean her mission is to arrest him that's yeah. that, that's the crux of the series. I got to find this Maquis criminal and arrest him. That's my mission. Yeah. But it turns out that they end up on the ship together and they start to f- form this bond that goes beyond romance, that goes beyond friendship. 
but you know, ultimately that they love each other. Um, and again, you're married, I'm married, I've been married before that. So I understand the, the nature of being in a relationship that doesn't work, but I yeah, do understand yeah. the nature of being in a relationship that really does. Yeah. And all relationships, romantic or otherwise, friendships are about compromise. And it's yeah. about, yeah. it's about not being prideful. It's about saying, you know what? I fucked up. What I said was wrong. I know that I hurt you. I want to make it right. Here's my compromise. Yeah. And so I feel like this, the, 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 what was dissected in this, what was that as well? You know, you had, you had kind of another revolution and that Janeway Chakotay marriage, if you will. Yeah. 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 Um, that kind of moved things forward kind of the next stop. So that's why I felt, uh, this was great. And I, I will probably, oh God, this is our last Voyager one. I really wanted to make you watch the series finale. I feel bad about well, that. That's okay. I'll, I'll make a, I'll make a guest appearance later on in the podcast yeah. and. And yeah. you'll, 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 I'll finish my trek up Voyager mountain with maybe, that one. Maybe yeah. with one of the special episodes that I'm planning, one of those will simply be the series finale of both series. Oh, so right. To, so to summit can, the mountains, right? Yeah. So that you can feel the, the summit of the mountain. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that wraps up talking about the good. So Are let's we, talk, let's talk about relationships, but in a different way now. <laughs> That's why this is the absolutely much, much oh. ballyhooed, and people are like, "What?" Oh, so this was we were in uh, we're in season two. Uh, this is episode fifteen, which puts us a little bit past uh, the halfway point of season two. Uh, the episode is called Threshold. Uh, a specially outfitted warp capable shuttlecraft, piloted by Tom Paris, obviously, successfully breaks the barrier and reaches warp ten. Breaking the transwarp barrier. But the yeah. side effect of breaking the barrier might cost a Voyager crew their best helmsmen mm. in more ways than one. So, Paul, <laughs> please. This, this, this. So, okay, first of all, overall, this episode, you're absolutely right. I I kind of started, I started it with a little bit of interest, like, oh, interesting. Maybe they're going to push the, push the warp barrier, right? But it was like it was like no time before the thing went off the fucking rails. Oh, sorry for my dog there. That's all um, right. It was like no time, no time before this thing goes off the fucking rails. Because as I thought about this, I was like, I don't know if you, you want to edit the audio there or whatever. It's but not the, your fault. I don't care. You know what? I <laughs> I, I believe in the, in the raw quality of podcasting. It's okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Thank you. Um. That like this, it it's a little insane to me that like a ship stranded in the Delta Quadrant without a full complement of like researchers and theoreticians and whatever is like yeah we're the ones who are gonna break the the warp ten barrier right like right yeah they slice like, it up like oh we stumbled across this planet that had this blah 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 this and that and now we think we can do this thing that. Nobody in 200 years of warp theory on Earth has ever yeah. been able to pull off. But you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. We, we got this. It's good. So it's, it's just, I mean, it, 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 follow, it does follow a little bit of the, the Star Trek trope of like, you know, we're in a situation and I know. And this happens in like medical shows too, right? We're like, we're like, oh, I know. I'll just invent a new procedure and give this guy a third heart. 
and that will save his life, right? A third heart. Is, did, what about yeah. the second one? Did he have what a second, second one first? Well, no, it, it, like it, they, they were already doing the second one. Now they're doing well, the third one. Right? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But, I um, got it. I got but, um, but like, you know, like Grey's Anatomy or whatever, right? Where they'll, right. they'll invent a new procedure on the table to save this guy's life or whatever. So I was, but it's, so it kind of follows that trope of like data is like, you know, theoretically captain, if we invert the tachyon pulse to the defector array, then we can blow. All right. It just well, happens all the time. You, you just absolutely described the series finale. All good things. Cause I, I did, they did. The, an inverse tachyon pulse. Yeah. Inverse tachyon pulse. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, so there was that. Um, and then the, I don't know. I don't know. Like this, there must be just so, so, Above and beyond, like the goofy shit that happens, there's also a like a quality layer of like the dialogue in this episode is all screwy. It's all weird and goony, and I don't know how to describe it except except this. There's a moment here where okay, so they've just they Paris and Harry helped up by Neelix have like kind of figured out, Oh, we need to like, you know, change the phase matrix on the pylon thing or whatever. And then we can do it. Right. And so then, so then uh, Paris is like chilling in his like space robe right at night. And Janeway comes to visit him and Janeway's like, Hey, look, the doctor looked at your DNA. You know, you might have a problem if you're the one to do this. I'm thinking maybe, maybe it should be Harry. And, and, and Tom Paris tries to make the case that he should do it. And he says, and so Janeway's like, there's a 2% chance that you could go all, all fuck ways. Right. Um, and Tom Paris makes the case to Janeway that like, this is my flight. People told me I was special all along. Right. All this kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, how is that a justification for you being the guy to do this? Like Janeway as the captain should clearly pick Harry Kim. If, if Paris has a 2% chance of going all fuckways with fuck this, way. with this DNA stuff or with prion or whatever stuff in his brain, right. and right. Harry Kim doesn't have that, and this is their chance to do the most amazing thing ever done. Janeway should pick Harry Kim. It shouldn't right. matter that Paris, like his friends, told him he was special. That doesn't matter. Like in the moment, Harry Kim is the right choice for this one. If there's a two percent chance that you're gonna melt in your seat or whatever when this goes down right so there was all like it's good yeah it was kind of like well you know you appealed to me like if you made that pitch and i don't want to say it's because janeway is female so is this is this something related to gender but if you made that same pitch to picard or kirk or cisco would they just be like fuck you You do what i I feel what i say and shut your face the the writers the writers did janeway wrong here because right. Janeway, any rational captain would be like, Paris, I'm sorry. It's going to be Harry Kim. You know, deal with it. Go on the holodeck and like murder people. Who cares? But you got to, that's just what's going to happen, buddy. It's going to be Harry Kim. Right. 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 <clears throat> then, then, so then, so then, so then Paris gets on the shuttle and they be, mm-hmm. then, and, and he goes pew into warp and the Voyager's like pew after them. And they're kind of tracking along with each other. And then Paris goes and he cracks through the barrier and gets to warp 10. Right. Okay. And uh, according to the theory that people have in their heads in that time, warp 10 means you're everywhere at once, right? Whatever that fucking means. And so this was also like, like, first of all, that's a, like you're leaving yourself in a bad place story-wise, if that's the theory of what happens. But second of all, like there's at some point, I think it's either Tuvok or Harry is like, captain, we've lost the shuttle. 
well, yeah, no shit. You lost the shuttle. If it's everywhere at once, how are you supposed to find it? Like, why did you expect to follow it? it if it was going to blast it, off to everywhere, right? It ain't no place. It yeah. Ain't no place. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, so I wrote, I wrote, I wrote in my notes here, I wrote, I wrote, no shit. He's gone. If he can be everywhere at once, where the hell do you think he'd go? <laughs> right. Right. And elsewhere. then, yeah. yeah, elsewhere. And then, and then I thought to myself too, it was, it was crazy. They kind of explained it later, but it was, I don't know. Like if he, if Paris is now everywhere, everywhere at once, then like him popping back out anywhere close to Voyager is a ridiculous coincidence. Right. Right. Cause if it's he's everywhere in the universe, right. yeah. if he's everywhere in the universe, he should either be like dissipated to nothing or like an equal chance of popping out anywhere else. Right. right. So anyway, I was, I was like, oh, come on. That like the, 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 the groundwork here of like, cause, cause sci-fi has that thing of like, we're going to give you these nuggets of here's what warp is and here's what impulse is and here's what phasers are. And you have to build the story based on understanding the nuggets. But if they give you nuggets and then they just kind of like shit all over the nuggets, it, it wrecks the sci-fi scaffolding of the story itself. Right. To me, to me, if I can't trust the, the science or even the made up science nuggets of the thing, I'm, I'm already lost in my sci-fi story. So mm-hmm. that to me, I was like, Oh, come on. Um, I did love that. So when the ship, the shuttle gets back and they're, they're like, he was everywhere. We have all these great maps of the Delta quadrant. Now he's, he, he has information. All the, and they said he had 5 billion giga quads of information. And of I the, love of, I, of, of this one sector. We're like, so the yeah. fuck what? Yeah. <laughs> If he yeah. was everywhere, he should have a lot of information, right? But yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I also love the the made up sort of uh, storage terminal, five billion gigaquads. Like, what does right. it even mean? One point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Um, and then uh, so then like and then this this is I thought this was possibly the most fucked up part of the whole story was or of the of the architecture of the story, which was. Paris is in sick bay after he goes on the shuttle and it's like, it feels like it's like 20 minutes of them just talking about him being in sick bay and him like, like he Paris is laying in the bed for so much of this fucking episode. Right. That it's like, so so, mellow. (laughs) It's so boring. And then somehow in that, somehow in that part, some part of it, I don't even know where I lost my mind during the whole thing was like, he he tells the story of himself losing his virginity. In right. The, uh, what? what? Bro. Like, Come on, man. Shit. I don't right. know that. Take it easy, lizard boy. <laughs> well, purely you got to talk about, obviously, how this fucker capped off. Because it's like, yeah. damn. Yeah. <laughs> the. the <laughs> Struggling. <laughs> this. It's weird, too, because. He's like, there's, there's a moment that I don't know how to process because he's like, he's changing, he's changing his body. He's getting all crumply and weird and stuff like that. And he's, he, he, he wants, he just, he's like, I just want one more kiss from a woman or whatever like that. Right. And that, first of all, that I was like, that's weird, but I mean, I guess I get it, but that's weird. But then after he, after, after you think he's died, they lower the little shield so the atmosphere can be normal again. And then Kess, Kess walks over and she gives him a little peck on the cheek. And I wasn't sure how to feel about that moment. 
I, I did I didn't is, I, is is weird. Yeah, it it's really weird. Very, very organic. Yeah, it was. I didn't. I kind of didn't like it. I don't know. It was. It, it was just like everything else in this episode. It like it didn't feel like anything. It felt wrong. Right. <sighs> he's got his. One thing I noticed too, as he's as he's morphing into the, so he he wakes up that night or whatever he under the blanket he's like actually I'm still alive boo surprise and then as he's as he's going further along you you get some shots of him of the actor in the in the in his new like going towards salamander state right? <laughs> right and he's got these little throbbing things on both sides of his head right that are that are clearly like mechanical. Things well, air air bladders, air bladders, something like that. And I was like, man, that must be hell to act in. Right. If you got to sit there and be like, here's how I lost my virginity, and the air sac is like, that was that's a complicated move. Any lady would appreciate air bladders. Yeah. (laughs) The (laughs) ladies appreciate your man if he's got air bladders on his head. Um, You know he's working hard. There was another moment too where I was, it made no sense to me. It was the doctor sitting at a terminal. Like, what? Why does the doctor type on a keyboard? (laughs) Because he is the computer. Why? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, why would you, like, why would you, why would you materialize a hologram just to type information back into your own self? And then, because and, you're a computer, right? And and then give him a chair so he can and give down. him a chair. Like, wh- what does it matter, man? Don't give a hologram <laughs> a chair. That's almost a better name for this episode. Don't give I'm, a. Oh yes, I'm I, I I'm kind of partial to sticking with uh, the Janeway's gone fall, fall tone, tone full Tony Soprano, but I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a tough call. All right, so give us the capper. End of the episode. This this is so fucked up the end of the episode is so fucked up so okay so here's here's what happens is they uh, paris who is like continuing to evolve and they so okay this is fucked up in so many ways because the the way that they describe this the way they describe the way the doctor describes what's happening to paris is like he's undergoing advanced evolution in the human genome and all this something like that 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 is a fundamental that is a fundamental misunderstanding of evolution Right. That is a, that is a fundamentally dumb interpretation of what evolution is. Okay. So let's leave that. Secondly. Okay. So, so, so Paris who is changing kidnaps Janeway gets her on the shuttle and they, they blast off the warp 10 again. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Chakotay and, and the rest of the Voyager eventually find them again. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, 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 they track them down to a planet they've landed on. And, Oh God, this is so fucking weird. The, like, so on this, on this planet, it's like kind of got this jungle foliage and there's these two big giant salamanders. They look like actually axolotls. I don't know if you know what those are. They have the little, there's the salamanders that have the little tree looking gill things on top of their heads. So those are axolotls. I'll send you a picture sometime. Okay. Um, they're, but they're, they're big giant ones. Right. Right. And they're just like kind of chilling on this like nighttime beach thing. Um, and then Chakotay and somebody else who I forget who was with him show up. And like the first thing he does, he phasers both of those things. Very, right? very reasonable response. Very reasonable response to like, good, pick. Good, good, pick. good choice. Yeah. 
And then, so then they're like, okay, well, okay. I, there's some remnant human DNA here. Okay. So this is, this probably is Paris and Janeway. Okay, fine. Which one's which? Well, that one's the female. So that's probably it. And then, then like it gets more fucked up because then little baby salamander guys crawl out of a little hole between them and like jump in the pond that they were in. Right. So like, so like there's the two phasered, like stunned giant salamander guys or creatures. And then their little babies like skitter off into the pond and swim away. And, and so, and so Chakotay and whoever else decides, I know let's take the salamander guys, the, the parents, but leave the babies on this planet. Do not do no harm. It's prime directive. Can't interfere. Like that's, see, but that's to me, that is the most interference you could do because that's like an invasive species on that planet. That planet did not have advanced human evolved, whatever fucking salamanders. Well, just, just think about the end of my favorite episode of the Simpsons, Bart versus Australia and the bullfrogs. Now it's the bullfrogs, which then overtake the country. No, yeah. Like, that's yeah. I mean, that's the that's essentially what they're setting up here. Is that like, I guess we're just going to let this planet become the home of. By the way, the the Janeway Paris family, right? Yeah, the, right. The fucking like it'll become the fucking planet of the Janeway lizards. Well, and at and, the end, at the end, they're very, when they're in sick bay and they've been restored to human appearance or whatever, they're very glib about it. She's like, "Well, Captain, I don't know what to say except I don't remember it," and she's just like. That's cool because it's not like maybe you weren't even the uh, aggressor or whatever. So I'm like, oh, yeah. good, my captain decided to fuck me as a salamander. I, I was going to say, so I guess the captain is saying that like she took advantage of me on this as we both evolved into these. May, maybe. Yeah. It's, yeah, this, it's, this, this, uh, this was so like I, I thought this episode was bad before the last five minutes. And uh, then the last five minutes happened and I was like, this shit is bananas off the rails. They, they took it to, it was, it was at a seven and then it was like a 14. Yeah. It doubled was up, doubled up crazy. It was fucking loony. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's my, my that's my take. This was, this was completely bonkers. They don't understand evolution. They, viol- right. they, they massively violated the prime directive. Um, and, uh, and possible, uh, power interchange sex play thing there with between Jane and Paris. It was a sex reversal salamander sex twist. <laughs> they're you doing the it. they're doing the reverse salamander right there. I oh <laughs> my hey oh. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm super bummed. We only have one week of this left. Yeah, uh, we're gonna yeah. go back to DS9. I'm well, gonna have to, DS9. I'm gonna have to give you your assignments, and then we're gonna yeah. call it quits. But with that, Paul, if you would be so kind to take us out of the end of the program. For more information about Starfleet International, please visit Grand Potoski and Region 13 Facebook. Woo! And don't forget to make love to every salamander you see. Climb every <laughs> salamander. Oh my god. I'm sorry, they gave me a little little Diana Ross there. But uh no friends, thank you as always for joining us. I'm gonna tell you as always that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Code 47 is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for our great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, 
or the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to be part of the conversation, visit our new Discord server or join us on Facebook or follow us at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends on YouTube and don't forget to visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.